Amen. I've asked a couple of moms if they would just come and share a moment when God was so instrumental in their life. I'm going to ask Deborah Cooper to come first. And if any of you I didn't get to and you have something you want to share, just let us know. But we're just asking you maybe to spend no more than about three minutes. But I want you to share something specific that God did for you as a mom. Okay, Deborah? Make sure it's turned on. Pastor Zach is sick, so he's one that knows how to do all this stuff, like turn on buttons. There we go. That might work. Okay. That's a little better. <laughs> um, I was asked to remind you all that the photo booth is in outside the Pioneer Room. And if you, before you leave today, you would stop by and have your picture made. Okay? Please do that. We'd like to have um, everybody participate, please. Uh, the other thing, um, next Sunday, the ladies will meet at Lori's home for our, for our uh, women's fellowship, our, our monthly right now women's fellowship. So there's a sign up in the back for that. Yes. Okay. If you haven't already done so, please do that. And we'll see you next Sunday afternoon at four. Thanks. Okay. I was asked to share an incident, and that was that was a little bit hard because <laughs> um, when I didn't know it, God was watching out for me. God was protecting me. I can look back now and say that was God. Had to be. Certainly couldn't have been me. But the specific incident I want to uh, refer to, I was divorced. I was struggling. I had my three children. And my oldest was always kind of ahead of his years. He always was, you know, one who'd go out and do and be, and he was just great at doing, and and at early age was out on his own. My second son, who was not so good at doing that sort of thing, was also out on his own. So it was actually just Celeste and I, and we moved to Winston-Salem. And I won't get into the whys, but I needed the change. But I moved to Winston-Salem without a job. I moved to Winston-Salem working as a temp for an agency out of Charlotte at the time, actually. And the only job that they could find for me was one at what was then Schlitz Brewing Company. I needed to work. (laughs) I needed to take care of a family. And so I went to work. The money wasn't that great, surprisingly, uh, but that's where I went to work. And I went to work there for about three months. But my daughter was going to be a rising sophomore at R.J. Reynolds High School. And I did not want 
to be a mom who could not provide all the things that those last years in high school require. And I had prayed and I had believed and I had applied. I think my name was plastered on walls around uh, Winston-Salem. But nothing was happening. And I remember coming home one afternoon and sitting at the table and I didn't know any. I was just as stupid as a can of paint when it came to the things of God. I just knew nothing. But I came home in, in all my ignorance. I sat down at the table. And I added up, Lord, this is what I need for rent. This is what I need for this. This is what I need for that. If I'm going to have to have this and to live, I'd also like this. Well, everybody told me that that's not how God works. He will meet your needs, but forget about him giving you the extra. Well, I didn't know any better than to try it my way, so I did. I left that piece of paper right on the table. And I continued to go to work on a temporary job. And another two months passed, and I was thinking, I don't know. This is not working. I came home that afternoon from work. I was so discouraged because I didn't like the job. I, I didn't say that earlier. I hated the job. I worked in the office. It wasn't like I was out there breathing in beer fumes, but I just did not like the job. I came home that afternoon feeling really let down. I walked into my bedroom, sat down on the bed, and I said, God, this is the second time in my life that I have said, if you are truly real, I need that. I need a job, and I want the job at U.S. Air. I've already applied there X number of times. I want that job. Those were in the days it was a paper application. So, you know, it's not like going online is now. I said, I need that job, and I needed making this much money an hour in order to meet my obligations. And then I said, thank you. And the telephone rang. And it was U.S. Air. And they offered me an interview. And they told me all the particulars about the job. I went to the interview three days later. It was a dollar more an hour than I had asked for. And everything in my heart just sung as I left that building and headed home. Because in that, do, in that dollar amount was what I wanted as much as what I needed. And God never said no. Wow. It worked beautifully. I can tell you story after story like that. Trust God. He will do just what he says. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful story. Thank you, Deborah. Is that beautiful? Maybe some of you are needing that, just that one little thing from God, just to say, God, are you really there? Are you really hearing me? And God answers. Joamber, Junker, appreciate Joamber and Aubrey. Appreciate the fact they drive an hour and a half almost every week to get here. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. Um, 
I hope this is this encourages any couples who want children and haven't uh, had children yet. Um, we decided we were going to have a baby, and guess what? We did. No problem, right? <laughs> you know, we had a bre- precious little boy who's grown into a precious young man, and we were like, okay, so it's we would really like to have another baby, another child, and so. Um, this will be easy. First baby, no problem. Well, we didn't get pregnant. We didn't get pregnant. We finally got pregnant, and um, we lost the baby to a miscarriage. Devastating, as anybody that suffered a miscarriage understands. And so, uh, you know, I was just like, God, what's going on here? You know, we really want another child. I'm not getting any younger. And <laughs> so... You know, lo and behold, we were pregnant. And again, it ended in miscarriage. And I was just devastated. But I didn't, you know, blame God. I decided to um, lock into his word and what it said. And he says, he gives us the desires of our heart. It says that he perfects what concerns us. And so at the church we used to go to, they would um, always have, well, not always, but anyway, there was a lot, there were a lot of opportunities to go to the altar and pray. And I was down there every time. Lord, you know the desires of my heart. You know the desire of my heart is to have another child. And I spent many, many, many hours in my, literally my closet in our bedroom praying. And um, so I remember, this had been months, I remember being at the altar praying, and I heard God as if he was standing right here. He said, do you trust me? Are you going to believe what I say, or are you going to believe what you're seeing at this very moment? And I just remember going, God, I trust you. I believe your word. And within two weeks, we were pregnant, and we had a beautiful daughter. I just praise God and thank him. God is faithful, isn't he? Now, some of you may be praying not to have children, right? So whichever way it is, okay. Donna Gerlach. Everybody loves Donna G. Mine's a somewhat similar story. Um, I got married later in life, and we always wanted to have a child. And the short of the story is I lost four babies. And then I had breast cancer. And the doctor says, well, before you even start to think of another baby, you've got to wait three years. I'd been 33 years old. But we waited. And we tried, and we tried, and nothing ever happened. It was very strange. One day, a woman came up to me, a complete stranger, and said, she says, I don't know who you are, but God has a gift for you. He's presenting it on a silver platter. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, thank you very much. Went on my way. So we didn't get pregnant. And then one day, all of a sudden, I was pregnant. I was 34 years old. 
during that pregnancy, there was four times that I almost lost her. But every time I went to the hospital, there was a heartbeat. And that's when I remembered that what that woman said to me. And I then said, okay, God, I'm willing to accept your gift. So come delivery. And they said, well, you're going to give birth to a 10-pound boy. <laughs> I had a six-pound girl. <laughs> Much to the doctor's surprise. So God's blessing was he blessed me to make me a mother. Yes. Well, that's definitely a blessing to go from 10 pounds to 6 pounds, regardless of gender. Brenda Rock. (laughs) You see how God moves in our lives on a very individual, personal basis? I have so many answers to prayer, it's hard to know where to begin. I was saved when I was 12 years old, and all I knew was the Lord. Uh, I was the only one in my family that was saved, so it was important to me that my family get saved, and eventually they did. But I wanted to share with you today real quick, the most important thing, I think, in most people, the most difficult is being a parent. And as a parent, we grieve for our children, we worry over our children, we pray over our children, and we dedicate them to God. And I know many times... I've had to remind the devil, they're not yours. You might give them infirmities. You might try to harass them and give them problems. But I dedicated them to you. They're not yours. That's right. A few years back, um, my youngest son had uh, developed something on his face. And I know I've shared some of this with you before, but he developed something on his face. And Mama, after a long time, son, you need to see a dermatologist. Oh, Mom, I'm okay. No, son, you need to see a dermatologist. Mom, I'm okay. So finally, Mom takes it upon herself to make an appointment for the dermatologist. And I said, you better be there. So we, we prayed about it, and he went to the dermatologist, and they took a um, biopsy. And, of course, you have to wait a week or two, whatever, to get the results. So I had told him at the time that we were going to pray about it, and we did. And we picked out a couple of scriptures that we prayed over every night. I know them very well, but when I get up here to speak, I forget them. (laughs) Uh, One of them was, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So we're not going to speak nothing negative. We know that God loves us. God believes in healing. We believe in healing. We know it's going to turn out okay. We said, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Satan is not going to win. And greater is he that lives in us than he that is in the world. So prior to us finding out what the outcome of the autopsy was. Autopsy. (laughs) Thank you. You know what I'm saying. any rate, I'm in my bed at night and I'm praying. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just came into that room. And he just downloaded on me. I mean, it was so beautiful, and he just had me bawling. He said, Brenda, do you remember when I answered this prayer? Yes, Lord. Do you remember when I answered that prayer? Yes, Lord. I mean, he went through a litany of them, probably back to my childhood. And I'm just sitting there bawling. And then he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he delivers them from them all. And the next day, we found out he had cancer. He had melanoma, a very bad one. They said that if they were to go in, that he would probably end up with a hole 
in his face. And we thought we didn't know any doctors, and we didn't know which direction to go to find a good doctor. We not only needed an oncologist, but now we needed a plastic surgeon. And it ended up, we found the very best one in Charlotte, a plastic surgeon that is the one that handles all the very severe car accidents, things like that, and actually put you back together. And he put my son back together. He had to cut him from here to there, down to here, pull this all back. But you would never know it today. There's a tiny little scar. So I praise God. They not only got the cancer, but he looks great. And I do praise God for that because God is faithful. And he heard our faith that we repeated to him night after night after night. Praise the Lord. Wow, what great. T- I'm encouraged. How about you guys? Miss Lori Stadler. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. You know, I'm sure that any mom here would die for their kids if it came to that. And that's exactly what godly motherhood is. It's laying down our life every day for our kids. You know, um, it's walking out a servant's heart. I've heard it said um, when you become a mother or a parent, your life is no longer your own. And that's true. There's nothing we wouldn't do for our children. I have no doubt that every mom here would do anything they could to um, help their kids. And we take that for granted. But I just want to say to you that that's the spirit of God in you that ignites that passion and love. Ask any child who grew up in an abusive home. They know the difference. They know the difference. And when you know that, then you realize how much God is orchestrating your life with your children and how much it's his life flowing through you to them. I know that God guides me as a mom because I don't really know how to be a mom. Um, I don't usually dream or remember dreams. Um, But years ago when my oldest child was away in college, I had a dream. I dreamt, and it wasn't a big deal, but I dreamt that I was lying in bed on a Saturday morning, and she called me. And she was, I could tell in her voice that she was scared. And she said to me, I have to tell you something. And I said, okay. And she said, I'm pregnant. And um, I didn't even know she had a boyfriend, okay? And, you know, your kids tell you everything, so you're really surprised, right? Um But in the dream, I said to her, it's okay. I love you. It will be okay. I'm flying out. We'll take care of it. Okay. I dismissed that dream. I did because she didn't have a boyfriend. She couldn't be pregnant. Um, The next Saturday, the phone rings, and I hear this voice. And I knew immediately that that dream was reality. And the conversation was verbatim, the dream, verbatim. Um, Had I not had that dream, my initial reaction would have been shock, anger, um, and a thousand questions. Because like I said, I didn't know about the boyfriend. So there would have been a thousand questions. Um, Instead, because God gave me that word of knowledge, 
that time was a time of healing for her and her boyfriend. And it was a time of building my relationship with them as a family unit and, and, and being there for them. I'm convinced that God's forewarning laid the foundation of my relationship with my daughter and her husband now of 25 years. Okay? And that baby has grown into a godly man and has been an amazing blessing in my life. Okay? Similar things have happened with my other children. When my youngest decided she identifies as gay, God warned me that morning before we had that conversation. He didn't tell me what she was going to tell me. All he said was, whatever she tells you, lay aside all your fears, entrust her to me, and reassure her of our conditional love, not just mine, but his, which I did. And I'm so grateful because when she told me she was crying, she thought I would disown her. She knows what the word of God says about her lifestyle. And so she was afraid that I would sever that relationship. Ask the Lord to guide you in your conversations and your interactions with your kids. He will reveal things to you you have no way of knowing. Ask him how you can show them his unconditional love without compromising his righteousness. Because you can. You don't have to cut off your kids that aren't serving God. You are the only light they're going to see. And you have to show them that love. He's faithful and he loves them even more than we do. Thank you. Is that not powerful? Is there another mom in here that wants to share something that I didn't get around to you? Yes, come on, Christina. I know we have mothers that have lost children unexpectedly and untimely, of course. And I've watched some of them just walk through, not Christina, but I've watched some of them walk through this pain with such dignity and grace because God gave that. Only God can do that. My, uh, <clears throat> my experience was like similar to Lorion. Um, I was dreaming that I went to the lake with Christian. And it was back home in the lake where I was raised. And we were swimming and Christian diving in the water. And when he came out and he came out of the water, his left shoulder, the bone was um, was broken in two. And I said, oh, my goodness, Christian, you, you, your shoulder is broken. And he was saying to me, oh, it's going to be okay, man. It's going to be okay, man. And then the, the dream repeated twice. I went to the second time. So the second dream was another day. And when I, when the second dream hit me, I remember when Pharaoh had the dream twice. So it was something that God was telling me it was going to happen. It was going to happen and I had to pray for it, for the situation. So I remember every morning I get up, I was praying, interceding for one thing and another and I was leaving and then I hear the Lord say to me when I was walking upstairs, pray for Christian, pray for Christian. So I stopped praying for Christian. And um, it was a sad, it was a Friday, you know. The Lord repeated to me every morning, "Pray for Christian, pray for Christian." So I prayed for Christian, and that I think was a Friday evening. He had a game, 
And Christian, just like in Ijuin, he dived for the ball. He dived in for the ball. And when he got up, he was the, the shoulder. His, his whole clavicle was dislocated. And um, they take him to the emergency room. And when they did the x-ray, the nurse or the doctor, whoever it was, was saying, oh, I think the bone is broken. And I said, I bind that in Jesus' name. God showed me in the dream that that was going to be okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, finally they realized that it wasn't broken. It was just dislocated. And then after he went into a surgery. And... Um, before the surgery, I remember I contacted Pastor Donna and everybody in the church was praying. It's good when you have a, the body of Christ praying for your situation. Because you're not the only one in the battle. They are with them. And I'm th it's amazing that the day of the surgery, that morning, like 3 o'clock in the morning, I dreamed that I was dressed in military uniform. And there was a lot of people around me dressed in military uniform, and I went up the shopper. And I remember seeing from the shopper, I seen all the other shoppers flying with all the military people in it. And that was the church. <laughs> that was the church. I, when I wake up, I like, I knew exactly what the dream meant. And I saw everybody there, and we was going for battle. And I know that we was praying for Christian. And when, you know, the next day the surgery happened and everything, and I was so released. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me a shirt that will pray for me, that care for my situation. That not only I was there standing in the spirit realm praying for him, but the entire church was there too. And that was the goodness of God. God never left me alone. Even when I was nervous, when anxiety hit me and everything, God was constantly there showing me. I got this. I got this. Don't worry about it. That's powerful. Thank you. Last call. Come on, Melissa. I was wondering how long you were going to sit there. I think that's why she gave this extra opportunity. So in 2010, um, our son was headed off to college. He was going to play football. And we went to his first game. And we got home that night. And the next morning, Joe and I were at a gas station. And we get a phone call from our son. Bawling his eyes out. Mom, you've got to come and get me. So going forward, um, our son was being... Um, not charged, but he was being accused of, um, of rape of a girl. And so we go up to the school and we get our son and we come home and we, you know, of course you go through all these emotions because this is your child. This is your child that the devil is getting a hold of the one that you brought up in the church and that you did all the right things. Well, things happen. Um, so, uh, we went to get a lawyer and, um, we had gone to court and I remember the first day 
the first day that we were actually in court. I remember sitting on the pews and it was Joe and Nathan and myself and this girl sitting beside of us. And this is how God works. He works in mysterious ways, but he sends you messages to let you know that it's going to be okay and that he's got this. Because the girl sitting beside of me, she looked at me and she said, you don't belong here. And I knew then that God had this and his protection over our son was just so overwhelming. And the times that we went through and the visions that I saw of us celebrating the fact that this was not true, that this was not happening. Um, Nathan was never charged. He was, um, is that right? Convicted, but not charged. Is that right? Um, so he was convicted, but he was not charged. Um, the case was completely dropped, but I will tell you that it doesn't happen on your time frame. and you go through so many things and so many thoughts as a mother and as parents And knowing, again, like your child is going through all of this. But four years later, we went through all of this. Four years. Terry was with us. He was, you know, he was was there the moment that we had to go pick our son up in jail. Um, But four years later, we got the phone call. And the case was dismissed, dropped. And the whole time just to see God's protection and how he sent people and how people would say things to you um, that would just encourage you and just know that it was God speaking to you and that things were going to be okay and God had this. I remember being on the praise and worship team and I remember being up here and, and singing and just having visions of just shouting for joy. And boy, did we shout for joy that day we got, we got the phone call. But God, he is so awesome. We have to trust him when times come because we all know that some times will come and things will happen that we have to go through and you never in your in a million years think that it would happen. But he is so faithful. And I will tell you this, that the moment that girl said that and God started talking to me, I had this peace that came over me. And this was early in the four years. I had this peace that God had this and that it wasn't true and that everything was going to be good. But I will tell you this, and this is it. People will talk to you and talk to you and try to bring you down and try to be negative with you. But you, just like Lori said, you have to fill yourself and surround yourself with people of the word of God and people, Christians and people that can lift you up and be positive about the situation. And I remember one day I finally, I had to tell my mother, I said, mom, I'm not going to talk to you about this if that's how you're going to talk. 
you know, and sometimes you have to be firm and sometimes a little bit ugly with people, but you have to let people know you have to have God's positive and, and influences coming into your life. When you're going through things like this, don't be ashamed to reach out and ask people to help you and ask people to pray for you because you need it. You need that edification and you need that encouragement. And I just thank God because I can, we can look back today and we talk about it and we look and see how, how God was just in it from beginning to the end. And it is just amazing to see how he works if you allow him and you give him the room and the, and the freedom to do what he knows he can do and do what he does all, all the time. Amen. What a story. Beautiful. So you see, it's not always in the wonderful, warm and fuzzy times, is it? As moms and dads, we have our moments where we struggle with things. And, you know, just uh, this past week, I want Karen Gronley to come up as you will. Come on, Karen. Uh, I, I put her on the spot. But, you know, last week we ministered on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Karen has a beautiful testimony. But I want to tell you a story that just in this last week happened in our life. And I got a call from my daughter-in-law, actually, and down in Alabama. And she said, I just want you to know your prayers are working. And she proceeded to tell me of how our oldest granddaughter, her oldest child, I mean, her oldest child, our second oldest granddaughter, had, uh, she's in, you know, in college. So the summer she was looking for work. And so she applied at this gym, this local gym there in Huntsville. And, I, and, you know, she got the job, and so then her friend called and says, whatever you do, don't take that job. The guy grooms girls while they're there. He takes pictures and all this other stuff. Let me tell you, I never prayed for her about a job, but I would wake up in the middle of the night, many times, as many of you know, and we pray in the Spirit. We don't know what we're to be praying. We just pray in the Spirit. We pray for our, God, I don't know, but I, I feel the burden to pray for my grandchild or, or whoever it might be. So many times we don't understand what we're praying about, we just know God knows what we need to be praying about. And this is how things like this get circumvented and precluded. We we really need to be praying in the Spirit. And Karen called me this week, and she had a beautiful testimony of what happened last week with her. Thank you, Pastor. Well, I've been... I've been... wondering if I should hope for or ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues... And basically, I was always backing away. And, um, and, but I'm surrounded by people in Life Christian University and here in the church who do speak in tongues and have done that for a long time. And, and I'm not even positive I'm doing it, you know, perfect. But, I mean, I just came home... Um, and by the way, Gloria Tadlock also did a lot to to help me and pray with me one time when I was at her house, and the people and her guests did that. And uh, but I never worried about it. I just said, you know, if God wanted me to have it, He'd give it to me. So I'm not worried about it. Well, anyway, I started to have a longing for it, and on Monday, I pulled my car into my driveway. And looked up, and there was a most beautiful hawk. Frank, you had to have been there. Frank and I both love nature and birds, but the hawk came whew, right over the car, straight across the field, 
straight to a tall, tall tree, and I could see, and it was so beautiful. And um, I knew what it was doing. It was looking for eggs. I did feel a little sorry for the little birds who were trying to protect their nests, but that's how life works. And I was just so grateful that I happened to have been there at that moment. I opened my mouth and started to say, thank you, Lord, and instead, tongues came out. Okay? And now I'd been, I'd had an introduction to that, but it was never, but it was always something I sort of like, I just said, okay, now I'm going to do it. Okay, no, now I'm going to do it. No, okay, now I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this wasn't like that. It was, it just came right out of me. And that's when I knew it was real. And so I thank God again. And I thank all of you for everything you do for each of us. Okay. Isn't that beautiful? Well, uh, I have a message, but I'm just going to let it cook because I know it's Mother's Day. Many of you want you have family plans. I'm going to ask Pastor Dan if he will go back to the keyboard. And I want us to close out by singing God is So Good. Um, we have a gift for all the mothers. And I'm going to ask Donna G. and Lori and Deborah Cooper if they will kind of man the doors and make sure all the ladies that are mother. And if you're here and you're not a biological mother, but you're a spiritual mom, I want you to grab one, okay? I want you to take one because you may not have born children, but you've born them in the spirit if you haven't born them in the flesh. But before we do that, I want you to stand and I want us just to sing that God is so good. God is, is he not good? You've heard the incredible testimonies of so many people. Uh, just, and there's so, I could have passed the mic to everyone. I thought about Suzanne and I just didn't want to do this so soon. I know she lost a son almost a year ago, just a week or so ago. I know that's painful for both she and Todd. I know Becky, I thought about my friend Becky. She's watching by online and lost a son unexpectedly many years ago. 12 years ago, I think, 13 years ago, this June, to suicide. How do you how do you deal with that? Except for the grace of God. God is always there. He's always there. We can tell story after story after story how God intervened as moms and dads, as husbands and wives. When we thought there was no hope in many situations, but God always shows up. And He's always filled with such mercy and grace for us. So I want you, let's just close out today and I want you to have an incredible week. You know, our projector is out, as you noticed. We have ordered one. We were hoping it would be in today, but hopefully it'll be in this week. But that's okay. We can we can do church without a projector. We do have the other one working. But that's okay if we don't have any working, isn't it? Actually, I was going to do my message today with no projector just to test us and see if we could still do it. But God is so good. Let's, let's sing to the Lord. You know, sometimes there's incredible power in speaking what you know is true but don't feel it's true. Kind of like the whole raise the house.